blocked by Polak and Rice. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Alright everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today, Gil Martin. Glad to be with you and thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This weekend, a special one for the Islanders and their fans the UBS Arena, the long awaited home of the New York Islanders, the new home of the New York Islanders, finally opened its doors. The 13-game trip is over. The Islanders now have a new place to call home. It's a state-of-the-art arena. We will discuss opening weekend, what it meant for this team, and what it means for the franchise and the fans going forward. So much to discuss about that. But on the ice, the Islanders dropped two games, 5-2 to two to the Calgary Flames on Saturday, 3 to nothing to the Toronto Maple Leafs on Sunday, and this team ravaged right now by COVID. We'll talk about that, its impact, and the fact that this team has lost six straight hockey games, and what do they need to do to get back on track? So we've got a lot to discuss on today's show. If you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, or a topic you'd like us to discuss, feel free to send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show whenever we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYR vs. NYI, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. Rough weekend. Rough weekend for this hockey team. And we're going to get to that. We're going to get to all the issues, what this team needs to do, and what's gone wrong during this six-game losing streak in which the Islanders have scored a grand total of six goals. But first, UBS Arena, open for business. And I got to say this, first of all, first and foremost, it was worth the wait. The arena is beautiful. It is conveniently located as compared to Barclay Center, which was a nice arena, but not built for hockey and not located in a convenient location for most Long Island-based Islander fans. This is a hockey building. This is a state-of-the-art, beautiful facility, which the Islanders are the number one tenant, the anchor tenant. They are at home here without any competition. The ceiling is low, the roof. So again, and we heard this all weekend, 
The building is loud. The sight lines are great. The concourses are wide. The lines at the bathrooms, unlike the Nassau Coliseum, are short. And the Islanders franchise now has a stable new home that guarantees that this team is staying on Long Island or in the New York metropolitan area for many, many years to come. And think about it, Islanders fans. The Nassau Coliseum probably should have been replaced in the mid to late 90s. We're going back 25 years, give or take. And we had the Lighthouse Project, and then we had the the, the uh, vote on whether or not they should have a bond, and so many different problems. The move to Brooklyn, which helped keep the team on Long Island or in the area, but wasn't a long-term solution. The move back to the Coliseum, which we all knew was temporary, and now, finally, the Islanders are home. They can compete with any other team for free agents now. They have a, a building that and, and a facility that any player would love to call home. And they're staying. And for the fans, it was a great experience. And I'll say this, management really did it right. To have Ed Westfall and Bobby Nystrom and John Tonelli and Clark Gillies and, you know, so many of the all-time greats on hand for the opening of the new arena was a great touch. And it combined some of the great aspects of the Nassau Coliseum, like Nicole Revive's national anthem, where she stops and lets the fans, you know, continue to sing after she opens the uh, national anthem up. All those little touches, the, the the noise, the electricity that was in the Coliseum, a lot of that clearly evident at the UBS Arena, and yet this building, you know, the Coliseum. You used to hear fans from other NHL cities and say, oh yeah, the Nassau Coliseum, it's a dump. And Islander fans would always say, yeah, it's a dump, but it's our dump. It's home. Yes, it was home for a long time for this franchise. But the Islanders couldn't compete there. There weren't enough luxury boxes. There weren't enough uh, amenities to compete at the highest level of hockey in the 21st century. Now, the Islanders have that. And the only thing that Islander fans have to worry about now as a result of the new arena is whether or not this team can be successful on the ice. The wins will come. The first two games on the ice did not go particularly well. But everything else about this building was an overwhelming success. The concessions, the options, the, the, the clubs, the sight lines, the atmosphere, the parking, all of it really, really worked very well. And you could hear from Islander fans who were there and, and posted on social media and were interviewed in Newsday and in other uh, websites and publications this building is going to be an overwhelming success. So good news in the long run for the Islanders and their fans. The UBS arena is here. It's here to stay. And Islander fans have a lot of 
great memories to look forward to, a lot of future memories to be made at the UBS Arena. I am thrilled that this building is open, that the 13-game road trip is over, that now there are 39 more home games against only 28 road games, and the Islanders, if they can get healthy and get back on track, have a realistic chance of getting right back in to the Metropolitan Division race before they fall too far behind. So, all of this fantastic news. And, you know, I'll add one more little bit of trivia here. Fitting that the Calgary Flames were the first team to visit UBS Arena. Because, first of all, when they were the Atlanta Flames back in 1972, they entered the league the same year as the Islanders. And then second of all, the Flames were the very first team to visit the Nassau Coliseum back in October of 1972. So I love the symmetry, a nice little touch by the NHL. But now, when we come back, we have got to discuss the problems this team is having, both health-wise and on the ice. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. You've got another device that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Again, want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And yes, that now includes YouTube. So check us out there if you want to watch this podcast instead of just listening to it. It's uh, it's fun. I've enjoyed uh, being on YouTube and, and having a different way to reach fans. All right, let's, let's talk about what happened this weekend. 5-2 to two loss against Calgary, followed by the 3-0 loss Sunday against Toronto. And I think the big issue for the Islanders was how many players were unavailable because of COVID. Anthony Bavillier missed Saturday's game, came back Sunday. Uh, but then, you know, Anders Lee out of the lineup. Not available for the Islanders. Uh, just so many players not there for this team. And, you know, three of the top six defensemen unavailable right now because you had, you know, Ryan Pulak out, uh, Adam Pellick out, uh, and, and it just, you know, wasn't going to work very well. Then Andy Green on the COVID list. So, you know, Robin Sallow comes in, makes his NHL debut. Sebastian Ajo 
stays in the lineup. Grant Hutton called up from Bridgeport among the defensemen. Richard Ponick uh, gets a chance and played well, I must say. Uh, Andy Andreoff called up. He gets put into the lineup right away. Brock Nelson leaves the game after one period on Sunday. He now will test, uh, will be on the COVID reserve list. Overall, uh, losing all those players, a real, real disaster. And, you know, some of the guys who filled in played well. Ponick, in particular, on Saturday was very, very effective. Robin Sallow showed you why he can be effective, and he led the team in minutes on ice on Saturday. But there were also mistakes. Aho and Hutton, in particular, making some defensive errors, and, and, and all the team really not playing their kind of game, uh, not playing well, no matter how you try to sugarcoat it. The power play. Oh, the power play. First goal, Sunday, Islanders have a four-on-three power play and they give up a shorthanded goal. Again, giving up a shorthanded goal. In November, they've given up three shorties. Last year, the whole season, zero, not one. They've only scored one power play goal this month. The power play, when you've got an extra skater on the ice, is minus two. For the month. And look, I know when you're missing Anders Lee and for one game, Anthony Bavillier, and, you know, a lot of your top players not out there, things are going to break down. But the Islanders are just not playing Islanders hockey. And this team can't generate any scoring chances. They cannot find a way to get on track and They're not shooting the puck enough. And look, I don't expect a team that's got six regulars out of the lineup to have an easy time against talented opponents like Calgary and Toronto. Even when your team is at full strength, it's tough to beat quality opponents like Calgary and Toronto. But what you have to do when you're shorthanded like that, when you are playing six out of your uh, 18 players, a third of your roster is really an AHL roster. You got to simplify things. You go to the net. You screen the goalie. You get rebounds. You shoot the puck and create opportunities. You play simple, smart defense. And you know what? The New York Islanders did none of that this weekend. Against Calgary, there were a few little flashes of hope. A couple of goals by Brock Nelson. That was a plus. Uh, Against Toronto, I think the last two or three minutes of the second period, when the Islanders had a power play and, and kept the puck in the Toronto zone for three minutes, let's say, other than a forced icing, that was the only real highlight of this game. And certain players right now are just trying to do too much. Zach Parise is pressing. He is holding his stick. Uh, 
I, I, I think right now that Matthew Barzal is pressing and trying to do too much. Can't do that. You got to go back to basics. You got to keep it simple. Special teams are killing the Islanders right now. The penalty kill wasn't bad against Toronto, but struggled against Calgary at times. And the power play, like I said, has just been god-awful. And the scary thing about it is, you know, obviously the team ran out of gas to a point toward the end of the road trip. And then COVID coming. Oh, man, it just absolutely hurt to see this team be without so many players. Right now, the Islanders are last in the league in goals scored, 32nd and last. And the power play is 30th in the league and sinking like a stone. This team, you know, when you're struggling and you've lost six games in a row, you got to keep it simple. You have got to go back to basics. And the old, you know, expression is keep it simple, stupid, kiss. Time for the Islanders to do that. It is time for the Islanders to just get back to basics and keep it simple because the schedule doesn't get any easier and the division is starting to pull away from this team. Right now, the Islanders are off until Wednesday. Hopefully, they are done with the COVID outbreak situation, but we don't know that. Guess who they play on Wednesday, the New York Rangers, their biggest rival. When they make their first visit to the UBS arena, that is going to be a special, special moment. And if this team can't get inspired and get back to basics and play solid hockey, they are going to be in trouble. And the one thing the Islanders really, really have to do is get back to playing Islanders hockey. Because if they don't do that, even if they are at full strength, the losing will continue. We are going to discuss more of these issues on tomorrow's episode. So make sure you join us for that. We're here every Monday through Friday. uh, And our shows usually drop around 12.30 a.m., So late night people can listen before bed. Early risers, if you subscribe, it'll be in your inbox. But boy, we have got a lot of things to clean up before Wednesday's game at home against the Rangers, Friday's home game against the Penguins, and then Sunday's evening home game at Madison Square Garden. We've got more to talk about on today's show. We will have our Islanders birthday of the day and... We will talk a little bit more about the UBS arena and where this team is going. All that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bar's Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. 
feast on something delicious and feel good about it. Look, one slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end, but most Built Bars have just 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar, and they pack plenty of protein. All the bars are low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, high-protein, and they're covered in 100% chocolate. And you know, there will be new surprises all month at Built.com. Limited flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often. And there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. This Friday, Black Friday, will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We are going to go back to the early days of the franchise, and we want to wish a very happy 78th birthday to former Islanders defenseman Burt Marshall. Marshall joined the Islanders in their second season of existence, 1973-74, stayed with the team through the 78-79 season, then went on to become an assistant coach, uh, for the Islanders, then coached their uh, minor league team, the Indianapolis Checkers, for a couple of years, and then became the head coach of the NHL version of the Colorado Rockies midway through the 1981-82 season. Marshall, more of a physical stay-at-home defenseman, but what he added to the Islanders that second season, the first year under Al Arbor, was experience and leadership. You know, Marshall had been captain of the old California Golden Seals. He had played for the Red Wings and the Rangers before finally joining the Islanders. And, you know, he never scored more than four goals in a season, never scored more than 30 points in a season. But boy, he was physical, he was tough, and he was experienced. And that is something the Islanders really needed back then. We're going to go back and look at one of Burt Marshall's better games with the Isles. January 7th, 1977 at the Omni in Atlanta. The Islanders with Billy Smith in gold facing the Atlanta Flames. They counter with Dan Bouchard. And it was the Flames getting on the board first. Tom Lysiak, his 17th from Eric Vale and Richard Mulhern. Just three minutes and 43 seconds into the game. One to nothing. The Islanders were down. But... Our Islanders' birthday of the day, Burt Marshall answers. He scores his third from Gary Howitt at 10-24 to tie the game at 1-1. Then, late in the period with Pat Quinn, yes, that Pat Quinn, the future NHL coach, off for charging J.P. Parise, the father of Zach Parise, scores his 12th on the power play from Bob Nystrom and Pat Price at 17-37, Isles up 2-1, after the first period, only one goal in the second period and belonged to the Flames, Eric Vale, his 17th from Ed Kia and Tom Lysiak, 2-2 two to two. after two. This game was going down to the wire. Isles fall behind. Tim Ecclestone, his fourth from Ken Houston and Ray Como at 440. And it's suddenly a 3-2 to two lead for the Flames. But Bob Nystrom, two minutes, 13 seconds later, Ties it, his 19th from Parise and Dennis Potvan at 6.53. And then 37 seconds after that, Clark Gillies, his 17th, an assist to our Islanders' birthday of the day, Burt Marshall, 
and the Islanders regained the lead. It didn't last. Richard Mulhern, unassisted, his ninth at 12-19 to tie it again at four. And then the Islanders get a power play chance. Barry Gibbs, the defenseman, off for holding at 17-32. And seven seconds later, right off the draw, J.P. Parise pots the winner, his 13th. Brian Trottier and Pat Price with the assist. Islanders get a 5-4 win over the Atlanta Flames. 23 saves for Billy Smith to earn the win. For Burt Marshall, our Islanders' birthday of the day, one goal, one assist, two points, and four shots on goal. So, again, I want to wish all the best to Burt Marshall on his 78th birthday. I did have the pleasure of meeting Burt at an event out in San Jose a few years back. Great guy, great storyteller, and um, had a lot of great things to say about his time with the Islanders. Also one of the first players to play for both the Islanders and the Rangers. I mentioned he briefly joined the Rangers at the end of the 72-73 season. Uh, So that made him, I think, either the second or third player to play for both teams. Islander fans, keep the faith. I know Thanksgiving is coming. It's still early in the season. This team can and will bounce back. But, you know, there are some things they really need to fix. And we're going to go over some of them on tomorrow's show because it's frustrating to watch this team right now. Keep in mind, we know a lot of players out of the lineup. When you've got three of your top six defensemen and six or seven of your top players unavailable, it's hard to play quality hockey. So, yes, it's it's bad out there. It's tough to watch, but this is not the level that this team is at under normal circumstances. Once again, I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your next listen Locked On Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. It's hosted by your boy Q with expert handicapping analysis from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. That does it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, keep the faith, and of course, let's go Islanders!